Today's medical sales leader. I'm so excited to start this episode. And I know that everybody says that at the top of their podcast and show, but listen, not everybody is starting with Michelle Griffin. So I am really excited today to bring her to you because we are talking all things personal branding, PR, niching down, and why any of this applies to you in medical sales. So Michelle, thank you so much for being with us here today. You are one of my favorites and you know it. So thanks for your time. Oh, my goodness. Right back at you, Claire. When we first met like a year and a half ago, we instantly bonded. So I'm excited that you have this show, and I'm equally excited. Let's just put the word excited out like confetti. Yeah. <laughs> excited <laughs> to, to be guesting and chatting because for those listening, Claire and I could probably talk for hours. So we're like, we yeah. need to start recording. Okay, so here we go. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. We promise we're going to talk about business-related things right now. But listen, so one thing I see that's really exciting about the medical sales industry now is that people are coming around to the idea that if you want to get in front of your customer, we have to do it in a different way in this hybrid environment. That means personal branding is now important because now we have to get in front of our client over Zoom. They're going to look us up on social media. Gone are the days when people aren't checking us out online before they do business with us. So, Michelle, if you were speaking to a professional saleswoman in medical sales and she was just starting out to think about building and identifying what her personal brand is, where should she begin? Oh, great question. This is so good. So the clients I work with are either in corporate or entrepreneurs experts, and they all have the same feeling, Claire. They all think, gosh, I know I need to do it. The world is changing. You know, building your online brand is the new thing, but they're scared. Putting themselves out there is scary. So we first have to address that. The clarity or the confidence of knowing you have expertise, message, something, talent, something that needs to be out there, not just for you to make yourself, you know, growing and known to the right people, but also Mm -hmm. because you have something to share with a company, with your clients, all of the uh, stakeholders that, that, you know, come into your orbit, so to speak. So you have to know that if you're not known, how can you be of service? How can you be out there to grow? So I like to say visibility is not vanity. Visibility is just being valuable. It's being known for who you are and a comforting uh, promise that people know that you are who you say you are, you know, truly authentic. And also visibility is opportunities, especially in your industry. If people don't know you, how do they know you are the perfect person for this new role, for this promotion, for this client, for anything else? No one knows you unless you get out there, but you have to get out there. And I get it. It's really scary. But it doesn't have to be when you flip the switch and realize it's a twofold approach because, you know, for you and for those you need to serve. You know, that's a great point. In fact, I would probably argue that how we present ourselves in the workplace and online and in front of our colleagues really means we already have a personal brand. So now do you start with your clients by helping them identify 
what they're already known for? Or do you help them craft a message around what they want to be known for? Or is it a little combination of both? A little bit of both. So I guess the best way, if we're going to start in kind of a foundational approach, is really how I uh, work with my clients. You know, I always say building a personal brand is not just showing up on LinkedIn. It's not a logo or colors or just posting on social. It's not really. I mean, I look at a personal brand as a company brand, but the product and service is you. So we start with this framework that I um, created three years ago, and I call it my visible brand authority framework. And if you're okay with it, I can run really quick through the seven steps because I really think it gives us a foundation of kind of have some guardrails of what these are so we can arm ourselves with the best tools and knowledge to get out there clearly and confidently and also with credibility. So real quick, they all start with P's. The first one is perspective. You have to know yourself with a personal brand internally, who I am, who I want to be known for, or maybe who I already am known for. But a lot of times it's really, actually it really is hard to be the consumer of your own brand. It's, it's just so hard. So having someone see the, all the pieces, the frame of the picture and dumping all the thousand piece puzzles of what makes you, you personally, professionally, you know, all the ways and then put that together. So we know what your value, your missions, your beliefs, your why, how you see the world and your point of view, all this is your perspective. So I'm doing mm-hmm. this really high level, but we work on that with my clients personally and professionally because they all merge together. Then we go into the people. Number two is people. And in my framework, people is twofold. It's your persona, the someone you're showing up for, the industry you work in or the company or the audience you want to serve or be known to. But for me, it's also partners because we need to partner with other people and cross-pollinate our, you know, our connections and collaborations and also people um, your partners could be community. You're just going to grow a network. Your network is your net worth. Now, I know that is one of the most cliche sayings out there. but <laughs> I know, but it's until so I find true. A, it's so true. There are so many cliche words. I know they're cliche. I preface it that way. But until we find a better way to say it, let's just say it. So yeah. um, anyway, so um, we know who uh, your people are and what they need and their problems and their pain points. So you know how am I showing up to, and what do these people want and how can I best serve them? Number three is a really important part, Claire, and number what I really love is positioning because mm-hmm. there are thousands of us, right? Of, there's no one really out there who's doing the one thing. There's so many different people. So uh, positioning is how am I showing up? You actually had a really good post about that the other day, right, about your unique value proposition. Remember that? Didn't you just post about that just a few days ago? Yes, and, you know, it's uh, something that I think a lot of medical sales professionals are afraid to do only because, and and frankly, many people, I can't pin this just on this industry, but I do notice specifically there are very few people leveraging personal brands in medical sales. And Mm -hmm. part of that is being comfortable niching down and getting very, very specific in their positioning because they don't want to miss out on opportunities, right? They don't want Mm -hmm. someone to come to their profile and think, oh, I this person can't help me. But when in reality, and I'm sure this is part of your process too, you know, when we don't tell people the specific value that we offer and the specific person we help, the right customers don't see us. 
They don't mm-hmm. recognize that we are that direct line to their solution. So is that the next piece of the positioning is getting really clear on the specifics? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, depending on the industry and the people, niching isn't uh, – it can be many things. It can be by your industry you serve or specialty. It can be actually your point of view, how you see the world or in the industry and, and some special way that you see it that's a little bit different, right? And that really mm-hmm. helps you stand out. It it could be the way you see the world. It could be the problem you solve, the offer. It, it could be a lot of – I have like a list, which I don't have a top hand, but it's not just – I specialize in this, but there's a lot of layers to it and crossways to help you stand out. But I always, in those first two, deep dive and like, oh, this is how you can stand out. Now, we don't just stamp it like this is you forever. We're like, this is how we're going to get you out there so they feel clear. They feel Mm -hmm. comfortable and confident. And those are the main things. When you're armed with those three C's, it is so much more um, reassuring to go out there and share ideas and meet people and, and know what to say and how to introduce yeah. yourself. So number three is positioning. Real quick, after three gets to be the fun part, the packaging. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> packaging in a good way, not in a false sense. I, I believe yeah. I told you this once, but <clears throat> five years ago there was this article, the case against personal brands, and they quoted Sheryl mm-hmm. Sandberg, the ex-COO now of Facebook, and she was against packaging. And hers was all about thinking packaging is like being a you know Instagram influencer, and that is not the way we do personal branding. So right. it's just how am I going to present all my ways? How do I show up? This is a lot of what you do, Claire, with the resumes, with your LinkedIn profile. If you have a website, just all the persona and how you show up, and that's going to look a little bit different in the corporate versus you know entrepreneurial consultant role. All those differ, but we want to make sure that translates well and is aligned. So packaging is huge, and there's mm-hmm. more layers to it depending on what you do. Number five is content, is publishing. Five is publishing. We need content to fuel our ideas and share our ideas so people start resonating and, and connecting with us, the right people. So we need to share ideas, and that can be an audio, written, video, however you want to show up, content. Publishing is the way. And number six is where I really am getting more granular by bringing my public relations. It's promotion. Once you're getting traction and you're growing with this brand, you need ways to amplify your message and your voice. So earned media, press PR is a wonderful way. And for someone like in corporate and medical sales, speaking on panels, you know, mm-hmm. talking to being on podcasts, those are amazing ways to borrow other people's audiences, you know. So um, absolutely paid. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't do paid here. Earned. I mean, you can pay for ads, but I don't. I don't, I don't work in that realm. Earned that's media next level. We're starting at the 101. Oh yeah, today. that's like the eight figure entrepreneur. We'll go there. Um, so earned media, owned mm-hmm. media, which is like your blog, your podcast, all the stuff that you own, and then your shared, which is social. And I always say. When you start number five publishing, show up like on a LinkedIn. I think we're in that mm-hmm. sphere or whatever. Start publishing your your track, get traction there. So we're going to, number six, we're amplifying it. And then number seven is where you're propelling, you're keeping growing, evolving, building the trust, the um, the uh, honesty, the believability, all the things that make you you. You're just going to keep growing. A lot of times in number seven, by my time my clients are there, they're ready to go bigger and go deeper and go to, like, bigger things. So that's why Propel yeah. 
just keeps taking you there. So that's a long answer to your question and a very short, condensed version of my framework. But um, when you stair-step those, it, I think it really gives you some parameters to get out there with ease. Yeah. And, you know, every for everybody listening and everybody joining us live here, I've seen Michelle's work in progress. And I think if you go out online and if you Google personal branding, there will be a literal avalanche of information coming at you. But what I really appreciate about your approach, Michelle, is that those stair steps make it doable. It's such a logical progression going from, who am I and what am I known for in the first place? And how do I want to represent and be represented in my field all the way to the propel stage? And it's just this incremental step-by-step, easy-to-follow framework. So thank you for doing it because truly, I think the way that you lay out concepts makes them very available to people who are in industries that are not traditionally focused on marketing the salespeople as brand champions. This is a totally new territory. So mm-hmm. if anybody here is, you know, say working at Zimmer Biomed or COVID or, you know, Medtronic and they're thinking, well, I mean, I've never even thought about being a, a brand champion. What is that? Can you talk a little bit about why it's important to develop? Well, first identify, but what really is possible when we start to understand that we have a personal brand and we start to lean into it in business? Like what opportunities lie ahead when you do start leveraging a personal brand? Oh, that's a great question. And really, you know, most professions and businesses, a personal brand makes sense and it should be, you know, different scales and levels, but look at it as your professional security, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to have to keep working harder to find a new job. When you have that amazing job now, great, you landed it. Well, it shouldn't stop there. You should now leverage what you have, take where you are, and just start building from there. So um, depending where you are, you know, first of all, follow this framework. Find out what do I want to be known for? What are my beliefs and all those things? But realize this is just going to keep amplifying you to different people. More people are going to get into your network. More people are going to know you. You're going to be more top of mind to your inner uh, colleagues, your external stakeholders, your patients, your doctor, whoever. I mean, it's just everyone, you know, and depending how you want to show up, like I have clients who are like, Michelle, I really want to be on podcasts or Mm -hmm. um, I really want to speak. So you really need to start thinking about how, you know, get really comfortable in one place and get known. And I guarantee you, it happened to me. It happens to all my clients. The minute you decide to take action and show up, it just makes you a stronger person internally too. And people feel that confidence and they want to be surrounded and you will start having people magnetically drawn to you. Now, this mm-hmm. is all, of course, showing that you know your expertise and you're a good person, which, you know, I'm sure 100% <laughs> of the people we work with are. But, I mean, it's your insurance policy. You know, you don't have to know. Once people know you, jobs come to you, promotions come to you, projects, special things, because you're top of mind now, right? Right? Yeah. You know, I'm always thinking, like, when someone says, hey, do you know so-and-so? And I have to sometimes rack my brain. But then other times, like, oh, I see them all the time here or I know them because they're working in a, such a systematic way of being present and being valuable yes. and helpful. So, well, you know, definitely. In, in the way that we continually show up, right, the way that we are 
operating in front of our customer over and over again is what we are already putting out there in the environment. The way that I see this changing is when we start to do it with intention. So let me give an example for everybody listening, thinking Claire's going woo-woo here. Here's what I'm talking about. For years, I worked in medical sales, and my very first role was at a company called Precision Therapeutics, and we had an oncology diagnostic test for women with ovarian cancer. Now, I was calling on the same offices over and over, and we developed relationships, but a lot of times, they're seeing 20, 30 reps every day in their office. So they may not have always known my name, but they did know me as, oh, there's their, there's our precision girl. There's the precision Mm -hmm. rep, right? So fast forward to two jobs later when I am now calling on some of the same offices, but with a new name tag, because now I'm focusing on women with breast cancer. And I would walk in, and even though it was a fresh call for me from that new company, they still knew me as the precision girl, right? So really, they already in their mind had me singled out as a specific personal brand, but I didn't realize it as that. So do you think there's a way to maybe systematically identify how we're already perceived so that we can start to lean into those things. And, and what does that look like for somebody? Absolutely. And I love that you said that because it reminds me of my, you know, husband's, he started in med, uh, medical sales and then pharmaceuticals. And he, I think he had three jobs in that whole industry. And, you know, he called on the same people, but they all knew him. So they're like, oh, yeah. you know, he developed those relationships. But just as I said earlier, your personal brand and my Definition has the word intentionality and strategy in there. You're strategically being intentional on how you want to show up. And um, no one can take that away from you, Claire, just like you just demonstrated. I think a lot of times when you're ready and, you know, when you work with someone and there's tests and things that you can do, you know in your heart of hearts what makes you light up, what makes you, like, where are you gravitating for and how do you want to show up and what you are. I mean, so I I run my clients through, like, we have a really deep dive, and so it's Mm -hmm. pretty obvious my first thing. But once you you lean into who you really are and how you want to show up, you just go for it. You don't have to make believe. You're just showing up as Claire Davis. And, you know, three jobs later, you're still getting into the back offices because, you know, you're that intentionally strategic bright, shiny spot, smart lady that they want to do business with. So that doesn't change just because your job changes. Your personal brand is you, not your company brand. Yes. We like to call it going beyond the name tag. And that's really what it it is. And you know, I mean, with your husband being specifically in the medical sales industry and pharma, people still like to do business with people they like. And Mm -hmm. if you're in this particular industry long enough, it gets really small. Like you, yes. you end up knowing a lot of the same people. It's really, really worth keeping your bridges strong and not burning any of them because you will indefinitely see somebody and work with somebody who you did in a previous role in a future role. It's just, it's going to happen. So um, can we talk a little bit through sort of the next stage of, okay, so now I'm comfortable. Um, I recognize now that I have a personal brand. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to understand what my doctors maybe continually say about me over and over. I'm getting to know what I'm known for. And now I want to lean into that. Um, 
maybe I want to try social media to do that. And one thing you mentioned earlier that's really encouraging for me and probably for everybody here is that there are a lot of ways to do that. So what are some of the ways that you would recommend somebody to start when they really want to lean into their personal brand on social media? Oh, great question. So find out where your audience is. And I'm assuming for the majority of the people that you work with, it's LinkedIn. Is that correct? Okay. So, uh, so. yeah, yeah, I would think so too. And that's the majority of the people I work with too. Um, so it can get, it can be really scary to get on LinkedIn because we're surrounded by our peers and I get it. Like I get it. Like I made myself last year post 365 days just to get myself, you know, used to it, you know, and I always say that I've worked with the most accomplished people and I tell you, they all feel the same way. Imposter syndrome is like universal and, um, start small. So first, like on LinkedIn, I would just start, if you want to post, let's talk about the posting first, start Getting in the feed, if you haven't been on LinkedIn in a while, it's a totally different place. So, you know, get in the mm-hmm. feed, start commenting, start meeting. Think of LinkedIn as the world's big networking event. Every little mm-hmm. post is a topic you're interested in and hashtag and go find the people and just start commenting. It's actually a very small community, too, when you think about it. Not many people are posting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about, easy to start being seen. Yeah. Like, what is it now, like 1%? Of all I've heard one to three, maybe it's up to 3% of eight, 3% of the people, there's 830 plus million, maybe a third of that are active and then maybe 3% post. So trust me, I know, you know, working with clients, there are people who get on and get traction fast because there's, it's, it's a really small little air pond, really. When you think in a big sea, it's crazy. You wouldn't think it, but it it really is a a great way to get traction. So um, now if you like, posting and doing that that's great but there's also other ways claire you know you can go and get on linkedin lives you know you can go talk on mm-hmm. linkedin lives now that's streaming that's video streaming that might be a little intimidating for some but there's also like um audio shows and mm-hmm. there's also ways you could write on medium there's also ways let's see you could I, we you and i started now not so much as like social audio cl- uh, clubhouse yeah. you and i started in clubhouse a year ago but now linkedin has audio rooms see i'll tell you a little secret about audio rooms i beta tested it for them for the first 90 days i met mm-hmm. the most amazing people audio rooms are great because we're all raising our hand to be in the self-contained topic so even if they're not topics in this industry, now that LinkedIn Audio is open to everyone, go start your own. Just, yeah. hey, you don't wait for permission. You go and make it happen, you know. Oh, I love say, it. Yeah. yeah. Don't wait for yeah. permission or perfection. Those are the two things, especially for women, the demographic I serve, is that, and I'm guilty of it too, perfect, permission, perfection, get the best of us. So, oh, it's, um, yeah. Start it. Go start. Um, just like you did this podcast, Claire. You started this. No one said, Claire, I'm now giving you permission to start it, did they? Heck no. They're like, <laughs> well, kind of. My husband was like, can you talk to someone? You like to talk about medical fields and resumes way too much. Can you please go? Start a podcast or something. Well, thank him. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely needed. So that's what I did. I'm like, hey, I want to do a LinkedIn live show. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm not waiting to be visible. I'm just going to make my own visibility, and that's how you do it. Fastest way. Now, depending, you know, you and I are both extroverts who like to talk. um, But trust me, I know plenty of introverted friends and contacts that they say, Michelle, I'm actually very introverted. But for some reason, they just. Get on and talk to people. Because here's the thing. If you host someone else, 
You're not mm-hmm. really the one doing the talking. You're just there. You look like the expert for hosting it, and you just have other people talk. So those are yeah. some little areas to get traction, depending if you like audio, video, or written. And I would say pick one and lean into it. Okay, so speaking of that, I'm sure some people are listening or even watching this and thinking, wait, so I could start by just commenting on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. And in fact, that is not so little known of a strategy, but it's a very, very powerful engagement strategy. So can you talk a little bit about what that is? Maybe how to know what to comment on and then what those comments should look like. Because I'm sure we've all been guilty in the beginning days of of ever commenting on social media where, you know, our comments consist of like, congrats, Mary, or great post, Tom. But really, can you talk through like a, a robust comment strategy and why that's helpful? Oh, that it, that's the baby step right there. Like at the yeah. beginning or end of the day, if you want to do it, just get on LinkedIn and start commenting. You don't have to post. I actually, when I work with my clients, I'm like, don't even start posting until you give yourself a warm-up. You're warming up the feed. You're getting the lay of the land. So you're going to go to the to the people in your industry where you want to be seen and known by. That could be, you know, thought leaders. Or you could even go to a hashtag, the the favorite and preferred hashtags of your industry, and look for posts that way. Start reading the ones and then add some insightful comments. And I believe, I don't know if this is true or not, I've heard you need to have more than five words to be considered a legit good uh, comment because a lot of what um, LinkedIn has are something called engagement pods and bots where those kind of answers just say good post, congrats. You know, those are, I shouldn't say throwaway posts, but they don't really add to the conversation. I guess that's a nice way to put it. So if you want to lend your expertise and your thoughts, what a wonderful way. On Mm -hmm. the flip side, because (laughs) when you create content, I don't care if you're have two followers or 20 million, you know, and maybe not the 20 million because they don't care, but you know, <laughs> they're just thought leaders who probably don't even, their team pose for them. But, right. you know, basically at the end of the day, content creators really do appreciate feedback on their post. And, and the you, beauty is that you're in their feed. You're getting notified. Yeah. What would you say is the sweet spot when you're looking at these, you know, influencers, as we might call them, or maybe just people who we want to engage with and get seen by like-minded people, Maybe they're maybe they're orthopedic surgeons who are mm-hmm. starting to get more comfortable posting videos about the technology they're using. I'm seeing a ton of that in the ortho. Space. Oh, good. So, okay. what's the sweet spot when we're talking audience? Is it usually like ten thousand or less? What would you say? I think it's the person. I mean, I know people mm-hmm. who um, are tremendously, uh, really, you know, renowned and gifted, and maybe their LinkedIn feed isn't as you know, high, but these people are so well known. So mm-hmm. I, I sometimes think you can't judge people by the numbers because yeah. I from I know New York Times bestselling authors. They just you know haven't paid attention. <laughs> it's, it's only because they haven't put LinkedIn as a you know everyone thought it was a career uh, resume recruiter site for years. Right. And it still is, but it's changed. So um, I would say go to the middle ground of the person. Look at the person that could benefit. Is this someone I want to be known to or you know have? A, connection or relationship with I mean it is nice to comment on some big ones because people flock there and they see you so maybe mm-hmm. a nice mix you know but the real conversations are going to start with the ones that you know you can are relatable to you and you know so you want to have a conversation so your comment yeah. hopefully will have them respond back and then you start the seed right there and you plant the seed so to speak oh I love it and just so continue honestly- it continue it <laughs> 
Yes, that's such a good point. Because if you go and you try and, and you don't see, you know, explosive results in the first week, don't give up. Because with mm-hmm. any kind of personal branding, any kind of social media engagement effort, it's going to be consistency. And it's kind of a long game. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, I had a season in my life where I was looking for a job and I, I put maybe posted or I commented for a while, but I didn't see a lot of traction. You do need to keep going if you want mm-hmm. to leverage this. It's just the same way as you want to continue networking, even when you're happily employed, because mm-hmm. you have to really continue to fill the bucket, right? You've got to dig the well before you need to draw from the well. So mm-hmm. um, there's one other thing that you, another thing that you mentioned earlier, which was those audio rooms. I had a client mm-hmm. not so long ago and she was doing really great in biotech sales. And in fact, she was doing so well that at the next national sales meeting, they'd asked her to come up on stage and speak to an audience. Well, she went up there and she had such terrible stage fright, she couldn't Mm. continue with her speech. And so Mm. she said, well, Claire, what do I do? You know, how do I learn about public speaking? Who do I go with? How do I get this confidence back? And, you know, the advice I gave her, because I asked a friend of mine who's a professional speaking coach. Um, You probably know Brendan Kumarasan, right? He's amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I asked him and, uh, and I said, where can she get her practice? You know, and he goes, well, have her join, you know, clubhouse rooms, do Mm -hmm. some audio rooms through LinkedIn. And even Mm -hmm. when you're just sitting in those rooms, you know, you're starting to think about how people are presenting. You're starting to hear how people are coming across and presenting their personal brands when they're Mm -hmm. speaking them before you even have to get brave enough to raise your hand and speak yourself. So do you feel like audio rooms are a good place for practice? Absolutely. Clubhouse, you know, when we were all in and last year, it you yeah. learn fast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to also communicate who you are and the message you want to share, the question very succinctly. And that is a huge asset in the business world. So, yeah, so anyone now can do um, audio. So I would go do a search on LinkedIn audio events, plural, hashtag LinkedIn audio events, and you can find the ones. They are making them more discoverable. Um you can host your own now, you know, what you can, what's going on in medical, I mean, any topic and just start inviting people. Um, I didn't mention the LinkedIn newsletter. That's another creator tool where you can, you know, start a newsletter, maybe go do a search. Are there any other newsletters? Am I finding a gap? Or maybe, you know, here's the thing, just because they're one doesn't mean that's it. People need different perspectives. So a monthly newsletter might be able, you know, to get your name across and out there. And that adds authority. Let's not forget that a lot of these things are authority and trust factors and tokens that just keep getting deposited into our brand. Now, your brand, as you say, is not something we grow and do uh, in one day. It is a complete process. When you were saying, Claire, you know, you can't just show up, and I see this all the time or used to last year, people would just show up, look for a job or just try out LinkedIn and boom. It's the same thing as you have a friend. Yeah, do we all have those friends and hopefully not too many of these or whatever. Maybe growing up it was worse when we were little. They just come around and sweet talk and just like, oh, when they want something. And then once they get what they want, boom. You're like, ah, that's too bad, you know. So 
Same thing with when you show up to, you know, start a business, get a job, show up to stay out there and just keep growing and evolving. And you don't have to spend, that's another thing. People say, well, I don't want to spend all my time. I don't have all the time, Michelle, to be on LinkedIn. And I show them, you know, the ways to do it strategically. But what other way would we be doing to build our business? I mean, LinkedIn, I mean, I have clients and friends globally because of it, you know. So what other way can you connect with everyone in your industry, right, under one area? So um, and getting this close to senior management or CEO so they can see you. So it is a wonderful place to build your personal brand. And that's how I started my business was personally, you know, from landing clients and just building my, my brand. And it's continued to evolve as I keep putting investments into it. I think you really hit on something important there is that, you know, to be so intentional as you are with your brand is is so incredibly important. It is an investment, like you said, you know, and when you start to invest in who you are as a professional and how you come across in the world already and lean into that so that you can leverage that persona that's already out there for everybody to see a ton of opportunity lies ahead. So I love what you share. Thank you so much for making it so relatable for everybody. Um, you guys, if you're not yet following Michelle, please do take the time. You will thank me. You will thank yourself. She really has it figured out. And like I said, the step-by-step process is something that not only business owners can use, but very, very much that professionals, medical sales professionals, VPs of sales can use for themselves to help people to get to know them so that they're more clear on why they would do business with us in the first place. Because really, people want to work with people they like. So get out there so people can learn exactly who you are. So Michelle, where can people find more about you and about connecting with you and your programs that you run? Oh, thank you so much for all that nice feedback, Claire. I appreciate it. So connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love, after you're seeing or hearing this, send me a connection request and said, I saw you in Claire's awesome podcast, and I would love <laughs> to connect with you because <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn about every day. Um, you can check out my website, which is michellebgriffin.com, and really my brand consultancy goes to that website, too. That's the easiest way. I have two podcasts. Um, one's about nice. to get rebranded. One is the Business of You Personal Branding Podcast, and uh, it's going to be rebranded in the next um, couple weeks, but it, all the 51-plus episodes episodes are there. Got a lot of good stuff on personal branding, LinkedIn. Two months ago, I rolled out a second podcast. I told you I like to talk. I just can't help it. So it's a co-hosted podcast. It's the LinkedIn Branding Show, and it's about how to build your personal and company brand on LinkedIn with Michelle Squared. is my LinkedIn bestie, Michelle J. Raymond, who lives in Sydney, Australia. She's the global company pages expert. So together, we take a non-cliché, different approach in 15 minutes or less to, to educate you about building all that on LinkedIn. So that is the best way. My link tree has some um, free templates on LinkedIn you can grab and, and just check out all the goodies. Oh, and then I have that 365 creators community. So if you want yeah, one last little plug, there's like a thousand of us globally. If you want to get out on LinkedIn and you want some guidance, um, one thing I, I made a um, a recent um, adjustment is I'm not really posting my LinkedIn tips in my feed. I'm going all in on personal branding PR stuff, but my mm-hmm. LinkedIn tips 
are all in my free communities. Leverage the seven-step process that she mentioned earlier today and how you can access communities like her 365 community so that you cannot go it alone, right? Because when we go with the community, we're more confident and we're stronger in our approach. So Michelle, thank you so, so, so much. We truly appreciate your time and thank you for helping to unmask how we can start mastering the professional brands and personal brands for our own business needs. So thanks so much for your time today, friend. Thank you, Claire. It has been a pleasure. I'll chat with you soon. 